up? It's The Rant. My name is Jeff Radcliffe, and it is Monday, December 21st. Did you get through? I mean, you're probably not listening if you lost in the uh, semifinal round. I feel ya. I feel ya. It looks like I'm going to go down in one league where it's a two-quarterback league. I started Ryan Tannehill and Jalen Hurts, and I'm still going to freaking lose because my opponent went even that more bonkers. So it is what it is. Them's the breaks in fantasy football. And if you lost, so be it. There's still plenty more to do, including player props. Uh, we got postseason fantasy coming up soon. It's a good time to be alive for fantasy football purposes, for sure. I'm going to break down everything I saw, some big takeaways from yesterday's action on today's podcast. Before I get to that, though, let me tell you about our presenting sponsor, Monkey Knife Fight. Do you like to play daily fantasy sports? Well, you need to go check out monkeyknifefight.com. Monkeyknifefight.com is the fastest growing daily fantasy site in the world because monkeyknifefight.com is different than other daily fantasy sites. It's because over there at monkeyknifefight.com, there are no salary caps and you don't have to play against sharks, which means anyone has a chance of winning, even you. Monkeyknifefight.com has tons of fun daily contests in all the sports you love, Baseball, basketball, hockey, golf, UFC, NASCAR, WNBA, esports, and of course, football. Monkey Knife Fight has it all. And you know what else? MonkeyKnifeFight.com has a free $5 game for you just for signing up. And if you use the promo code RANT, you'll have your first deposit matched instantly up to $50. R-A-N-T. With a name like Monkey Knife Fight, you can be pretty certain you know what you're going to get. When you sign up to play Monkeys and Knives and Fights and Sports, sign up and play today at monkeyknifefight.com. Play to MKF and win. State and age restrictions apply. See site for full terms and restrictions. All right, let's dive into this weekend's action. Of course, starting on Saturday, Bills, Broncos, big takeaway. Josh Allen's improvement is remarkable. And I'm telling you, it's remarkable. Last year, the dude, he he was a bit suspect as a thrower. And I, hey, Bills Mafia, that's not a knock. You know it's true. Everybody knows knows it was true last year. He made a lot of mistakes, uh, a, a lot of inaccurate throws, a lot of bad decisions. Those are gone. I'm giving 100% credit where credit's due. I can't remember seeing this dramatic of a turnaround or, or improvement in a player uh, in, in recent memory. You know, this is really remarkable. He had the chops to move the chains. That was largely because of his ability as a scrambler. He didn't have to scramble now. In fact, he's leading the league with 90 pass attempts of at least 20 air yards. That's pretty good. Devin Singletary, of course, outscored Zach Moss this week. Please don't say that you benched Devin Singletary because there's no way that you would have ever started Devin Singletary. All right? No way. You didn't bench him. And I think that's an important takeaway here. You started who you were supposed to start. It may not have worked out, but you were never going to start Devin Singletary. Like, never. And that's fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But he may have outscored him. I I wouldn't read too much into that. Uh, It was largely because of that long run at the very end of the game. Moss was still the lead back. Barely. It's it's still a full-blown committee. Barely. Uh, But he was also the better player, and I think that's the more important takeaway here. Uh, as for, and of course, Stephon Diggs just get loaded up on targets in this one. On the other side, Melvin Gordon scored twice. Uh, he was in a committee, though. You know, it's basically a full-blown committee in that backfield as well. So I don't want to get too carried away with his uh, his finding the end zone twice because 
you know, they're basically still splitting with uh, Phil Lindsay. Of course, this is the week where Noah Fant goes off, not last week. I started him last week, got the goose egg, but this is the potential, and this actually looks good for next year. By the way, week 17, not a regular week because, well, fantasy leagues are going to be done, but I'm still going to talk some football. We'll talk some other things in the offseason as well. People have been asking if we'll talk some NBA. Uh, We will at times for sure. Not season-long NBA, and I'm not an NBA DFS guy. I'm mainly a player props guy. But I I still think there's some interesting topics that we can get into there. But 2021 fantasy rankings will be coming. Why are we doing fantasy rankings right now for 2021? Because best ball season is only a few months away. You know, best ball season starts in February. So just saying. Anyway, arrow pointing up for Noah Fant for the long term. Moving on, Packers, Panthers. This was a dagger to a lot of fantasy owners if you had CMC this season. McCaffrey, basically a lost year, what could have been. He was so good when he was on the field, but that barely happened. And if you happen to grab Mike Davis, he couldn't even save you this week. 14 for 59, two catches on two targets for two yards. Rough one there. Uh, Also rough for Robbie Anderson, but Anderson did still lead the team in snaps, 61. Uh, Only five targets for him. Obviously the big day for DJ Moore, but it was actually Curtis Samuel who led the squad in targets. As for the Packers, it was a weird game. You know, another one where, you know, you didn't bench or you didn't start Aaron Rodgers and bench somebody else, right? Aaron Rodgers was the top play on the board, and he didn't do anything all season long to make us think otherwise. And hey, he had 143 yards and a passing score in this one. He did rush for a touchdown at least, so it wasn't absolutely terrible. But I keep saying, and I've said this for years, it's hard to win in the fantasy playoffs. Any given week, you could run into something like this. You had Aaron Rodgers. He's now has 40 passing scores on the season, and he puts up half a fantasy dud in week 15, and you could be done. Now, it may not be the only thing in your team, but didn't help the cause. Aaron Jones did. He's phenomenal. A huge game for him, and Robert Tunyon just keeps getting in the end zone. Three for 18 and a touchdown, but you know what? The touchdown was all that mattered there if you happen to start him. Tampa, Atlanta, uh, my big takeaway from this game is the Bucs are, are the worst good team in the league or they're the best bad team in the league. I can't really decide, but it's one or the other. They're not a Super Bowl team in my book. You don't get beat up by the Falcons in the first half if you're a Super Bowl team. Uh, they really should have just throttled them the whole game. And they managed to come back, whatever. But yeah, they're the the worst good team or the best bad team in the league. Gronk, 14 end zone targets on the season. So even though he didn't have a big game here, he did have seven targets, though. 14 end zone targets is fourth in the league. Tom Brady, you know, putting up the air yards. Did you realize Tom Brady leads all quarterbacks in air yards? Because I do now. <laughs> after, after I ran the numbers today, I was like, wow. Uh, For all that talk that he doesn't throw the ball downfield, I think that talk is completely off. Uh, The targets get spread around too much, so Mike Evans, 7, Brown, 7, Godwin, 5. It's cannibalized. They cannibalize off of each other. Calvin Ridley doesn't have anybody to cannibalize off of him when Julio doesn't play. 14 targets, so he's now up over 11 targets per game when Julio's not on the field massive day for him not a massive day for Todd Gurley I, I he he's toast played 16 snaps Ito Smith's now the lead back <laughs> Todd Gurley worked out well uh speaking of worked out well giving uh running backs a second contract the big deal Ezekiel Elliott in the Dallas San Francisco game did not play Tony Pollard did play 
And Tony Pollard is the classic example, and I say it all the time, of why handcuffing does not work in August. It's a November strategy. Here is the precise reason why it couldn't be more clear than this. Tony Pollard's ADP was 134, 134, which means that in most drafts, he was drafted in the 11th, 12th, or 13th round. And we'd be hard-pressed to find any drafts where he wasn't drafted. So Tony Pollard basically drafted across the board. It's not like he was his ADP is in like the 18th round, so some leagues he's drafted, some leagues he isn't. It's in the, it's in the 12th round, in a 12-teamer. So he's drafted in every freaking league. Yesterday, when the news was announced, Tony Pollard was available in 67% of Yahoo leagues. And get this, 78% of the ESPN leagues. So guy drafted nearly 100% of leagues is that widely available. What happened? What I always say happens, right? People draft him in August. He doesn't do anything because the starter doesn't get hurt. And so they drop him in October. It happens Every year. So you wasted that draft pick. You wasted it. Could have been an upside quarterback or something like that in the 12th round, and you knock your running backs out in the first 10 rounds, like I always say. Classic example. He was picked up. He's the number one fantasy running back for the week. Played 52 of 58 offensive snaps. Do you think that the Cowboys are kicking themselves a little bit for giving Zeke? I'm not saying Tony Pollard's the future, and of course he's a little bit fresher here. He's been playing a lot, though. And they shows, I mean, he's not making much money. I don't know. It's interesting. But handcuffing is a November thing. A lot of people hit me up on Twitter saying, hey, man, I just want to thank you. I picked up Tony Pollard four weeks ago, and I've had him on my bench. It's more critical to have that ammunition now than in the, the earlier part of the season. You're really just feeling out what's happening. You don't quite know what's going to happen yet. I wish I could tell you I know what was going to happen. But what I do know is every year, handcuffs, rarely have a ton of value in September, but almost always we see a handcuff or three every stinking year who has some major value in December. So if you had him, you were way ahead of the curve. Brandon Ayuk. Oh man, this kid can ball out, can he? Uh, 29 targets over the last two weeks for Ayuk. He's a stud, man. He's a stud. It's exciting for the future there. For the present, the backfield remains annoying. Raheem Mostert got banged up in this one. Anyway, Titans, Lions, I think, you know, big takeaway is it 2K is in reach for Derrick Henry. He's 321 yards over the final two games. He faces the Packers and the Texans, two of the worst run defenses in the league. 2,000 rushing yards, a real deal. I would love to see it. I'd love to see it for him. This offense is explosive. The offense, you know, yeah, Corey Davis on a long touchdown. You get A.J. Brown in the end zone. You have Ryan Tannehill doing amazing things on the football field. And I wasn't quite sure. I wasn't quite sold on Tannehill. But I drafted him anyway because I'm a man of my word. I like to draft quarterbacks late. And every year there are guys like Ryan Tannehill. Every year. And the beauty to drafting him late is if you cut the quarterback loose and move on to the next quarterback on waivers, it's not a huge value cost, right? It's not like you drafted the quarterback in the fifth round and he was a bust. So Tannehill right now, as of this second, he's the number seven quarterback in fantasy scoring. Now, of course, uh, we still have tonight's action, but Ben, ben can't pass him. Uh, so we have... Kyler Murray at one, Patrick Mahomes at two, Josh Allen at three, Russell Wilson at four, Aaron Rodgers at five, Deshaun Watson at six. That's it. He's ahead of Lamar. Herbert 
uh, played basically one fewer game than Tannehill, so points per, Herbert's ahead of him. Lamar is ahead of him on points per because Lamar did, uh, you know, he did miss that game. But, you know, here's the thing. With points per, I I dig the points per idea, but at the same time, at quarterback especially, you want a freaking quarterback who's going to play every game. And Lamar was out of his control, and same thing with Herbert. He wasn't the starter at the beginning of the season. But it's just telling you, I mean, he's been awesome. He's been awesome. It's just, it's a lot of fun. Anyway, um, you know, stop gushing about Ryan Tannehill, of course. On the other side, very encouraging for DeAndre Swift. Played 42 snaps, just 16 for Peterson, 7 for On Johnson. Of course, Swift, a pretty good fantasy play because he got in the end zone twice. And Marvin Jones shows us, hey, if Matt, Matt Stafford's out there, just start him. Don't overthink it. On CBS yesterday, I, rel- I said I'm reluctantly starting him as a wide receiver three for that very reason. So I, you know, I decided to not fade him. I was originally going to fade him if Chase Daniel was under center, but you know, Stafford, plus a good game script because they were playing from behind, led to some big numbers there. Colts, Texans, Jonathan Taylor continues to shine. Twenty touches, ninety-five scrimmage yards, and a touchdown. More importantly, Jordan Wilkins played zero offensive snaps in this one. Taylor played thirty-eight of fifty-four. On the other side, David Johnson. I mean, hey. No Duke Johnson. He was a three-down guy. Now, he was terrible on the ground in this one, but he caught 11 balls, had 19 touches, finished with 24.3 PPR points, so pretty solid there. Also, I noted this this morning, kind of surprising to me. So right now, there are four quarterbacks who've already topped 4,000 passing yards. Mahomes is on his way to a 5,000-yard season again. He's got 4,462. It's not too hard for him to get to 5,000. Watson. Has 4,134. Deshaun Watson, man. Deshaun Watson is going to have over 45 hunch. Maybe maybe close to 47 hunch this season. Matt Ryan is also over it. And Josh Allen on the nose right now. Heck of a season for Josh Allen. Uh, Dolphins, Pats, do I really have to talk about this? Here's the takeaway. I mean, first, credit where credit's due to Miami. But here's the takeaway. It's time to rebuild for the Pats, right? They are. It's their time. They didn't make the playoffs the first time, it feels like, in 100 years. And quarterback is going to be key to that rebuild. I don't think Cam Newton is the quarterback of the future, and that's not a hot take right there. But here is a bit of a hot take. The Pats are going to be in need of a quarterback. Given their record, I don't think that they are going to be in the top three quarterback hunt in this draft. And you know what? I probably even should say four because I'll include... I mean, we could see Trey Lance in, in the top 10 uh, for sure. So you, you know who's going to go first overall, and I'll talk about that in a minute, Trevor Lawrence. Uh, who goes second? Is it Zach Wilson? Is it Justin Fields? We'll see. Uh, I think the other one goes in the top five and might even, it depends on how things shake out, might even, well, the, the Bengals will, will be in the top five. So that's the one sort of wild card there. Uh, right now, like you'd figure, if it's the Jags, it's Trevor, Trevor Lawrence, then the Jets at two, do they go with Fields or do they go with Zach Wilson? Then whoever doesn't would probably go at four, which would likely be the Panthers if everything finished as it is right now. Um, the Patriots are going to be in the middle of the draft. They're not going to be in the top ten. So I don't think they even have a shot at Lance. So here we go. Conspiracy theory or my hot take. Ready? A quarterback who would make a lot of sense for the New England Patriots in 2021. Carson Wentz. How about it? I'll talk about Jalen Hurts in a minute, but Carson Wentz is going to need a a new home. 
Uh, could Bill Belichick rehab that house, flip that house right there? Maybe. We'll see. But I, I don't really have much else to say here in this game. Bears-Vikings, uh, big takeaway. David Montgomery is rolling the number one fantasy back over the last month. 32 for a 146 and two scores. Nine red zone carries. An unlikely fantasy hero here down the stretch, but... You know, he's playing up to potential. The offensive line is playing good. They have a great schedule. Everything's clicking. Everything's clicking. Otherwise, I know a little people are disappointed a little bit about Allen Robinson here. Uh, you know, the, it's wide receivers. Wide receivers aren't always going to put up massive uh, games for you. So I wouldn't be too upset. Allen Robinson is still pretty freaking good. On the other side, uh, Dalvin Cook continuing to roll. You know, he didn't hurt anybody for fantasy purposes. He's seen a league-high 25 goal line carries, scoring on 10 of them this season. Uh, otherwise, you know, you got your Justin Jefferson game here. Pretty solid, at least. Uh, Tyler Conklin, not Irv Smith, gets in the end zone. So, yay. Seattle, Washington. All right, so here's my hypothesis on what's happening here to Russell Wilson because first there's one thing is he's had three down games in the last month and they've all been against the NFC East but I don't know if that's quite it I think it's the fact that the run game is clicking they had 27 passing attempts 26 rushing attempts in this game I think that's that's a bigger factor here we're getting December football this is a team that historically recent history has really wanted to jam the football down the defense's throat on the ground so I think that's a big part of it and unfortunately, I think, you know, I know that Russ cost some folks uh, their, you know, their fantasy lives here this week. Down week for Russ, down week for Lockett, even down week to, a you know, to an extent for DK Metcalf as well. Rough. Uh, not rough for Logan Thomas. And don't kick yourself if you didn't start Logan Thomas. 13 catches on 15 targets for 101 yards. Don't kick yourself, though, because who in the world would have thought that that would have happened with Dwayne Haskins under center? You, you know, some things you just can't beat yourself up over, and that's certainly one of them right there. Uh, so just keep that in mind. Uh, on to Baltimore, Jacksonville. The future, my big takeaway, the future is bright for J.K. Dobbins. Mark Ingram inactive, so it, it's, it's changed. The guard has changed. J.K. Dobbins... Uh, leading the backfield in snaps here and in touches, uh, he had 15. He, Gus Edwards has 11. Justice Hill had just two. So it's his backfield. Gus Edwards is going to be a part of it for now, and I don't know what to, what next year brings for, for them. But I'm already starting to think about these 2021 rankings, and you know, Dobbins arrow is pointing up. He's going to be an RB2 on those rankings I don't think he'll be an RB1, but we'll get to that. Lamar, of course, really looks like his previous self, so not big passing yardage, but solid touchdown numbers. Three more passing scores here. Marquise Brown coming alive down the stretch. Obviously, Mark Andrews goes as Lamar goes, so everything's looking good there. Uh, James Robinson was banged up in this one with an ankle injury, so we're waiting on more information about him. Philly, Arizona, the big takeaway is Jalen Hurst is here to stay. You don't have these this debut and go back to being a backup. It just doesn't happen. He's going to be the starter in Week 16. Doug Peterson is reluctant to say anything beyond that, and I, I know exactly why. Philly is still in the playoff hunt. They're not. <laughs> they have four wins. And they're in the playoff hunt with two weeks left of the season, and it's actually not outlandish to think that they win the darn division. Ah. I mean, the whole world's going to implode if that happens, but we will not have a winning team win this division. The best any team could be would be 8-8 eight and eight right now in this 
in the NFC East. So the, st- the standings are just crazy. Right now, of course, Washington, with the loss to Seattle, moves. they're at 6-8 and eight now. Dallas moves to 5-9 and nine with their win over San Francisco, which, um, again, surprising game there. Uh, the Giants lo- losing to Cleveland go to five and nine. The, the Eagles are at four nine and one, and somehow, some way, they they could still get in at six nine and one. <laughs> so Doug Peterson's not going beyond this week, and I, I think there's a lot of moving parts behind the scenes, obviously, uh, for for that. Obviously, even with Carson Wentz saying he doesn't want to be here anymore, so there it is. <laughs> he was awesome though, making good throws. Smart runs, uh, the touchdown, like just he said, I'm getting in the end zone. I'm getting in the effing end zone. Like, not a lot of quarterbacks are making that type of play. Now, granted, he's still young. He still has a ways to go, but impressive. On the other side, obviously, Kyler was impressive. D Hop, impressive. Kenyon Drake got out snapped by Chase Edmonds, out touched by Chase Edmonds. So, of course, that's just how it goes. Yeah, Chase Evans didn't even look like he was going to play for a minute there. Uh, it's, it's frustrating. Kenny Drake, of course. He's a love to hate right there. Rams and Jets, big takeaway here other than the Jets playing themselves out of the number one pick. The Rams are Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, and honestly, offensively, you never know which one you're going to get. Either one could show up. You could have the, the offense that looks like the best freaking offense in the NFL on the field, or you could get this. Especially first half this. If you're wondering about Cam Akers, it was that's the exact reason why he didn't have a decent game. They get down early, and then you could just tell they just did they weren't they weren't that offense in this game. Except for Robert Woods. He's really good. But Akers led the backfield 36 snaps, Malcolm Brown 16, Daryl Henderson just seven. Uh, so I'm not worried about Cam Akers and his arrows really pointing up for the future. And I don't know if this is a Jared Goff thing. I don't know if this is a Sean McVay thing. I don't know if this is just an ethos of the team thing, but Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. Uh, On the other side, you would think that the Jets would give Ty Johnson a long look. He scores in the opening drive. Of course, they give Frank Gore 24 touches. 23 carries for Frank Gore in this one. Credit where credit's due. He did ice the game with that first down. KC, New Orleans. My big takeaway is Drew Brees looks shot. And I think this was probably there all along and and I just didn't want to pay attention to it because he had all of these safety blankets. Like I I sometimes with these quarterbacks, the arm goes and the arm is gone. Like immediately. They go from being a top 12 quarterback to out of the league in like a year. But with Breeze, I think they covered that up for a long time because he had Kamara, because he had Michael Thomas. Michael Thomas is not a downfield threat. And and really Breeze can't really move the ball, and this is going to be really crucial for them, especially now that they're not looking at the bye. You know, if they have to play outdoors in January, I don't like the chances for this team. On the other side, Patrick Mahomes freaking awesome. How about this? Tyreek Hill, 41 red zone targets. And remember, I I don't do the the red zone target with everybody else, the silly line of scrimmage. I'm talking about Tyreek Hill located in the red zone, 41 of them that leads the league. 29 targets of 20-plus yards. That leads the league. He has scored on seven of these targets. 
He's awesome. So much fun. But uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire won't play the rest of the regular season. Looks like he'll probably get a three-week absence. They want him for the playoffs, and and obviously this is going to make Le'Veon Bell particularly interesting. Cleveland and New York, uh, big takeaway here. Another solid outing for Baker Mayfield, which is good. Trending up for next year. He's a top-five fantasy quarterback over the last three weeks. The offense looks good. They didn't really have to do that much to win this game because they're facing Colt McCoy. So offensive output wasn't phenomenal for fantasy purposes. Not a huge game from Chubb. Certainly not a great game from Kareem Hunt for fantasy purposes because they had the lead early and they didn't need to use him. So don't don't overreact too much there. All right, so that's going to do it for me for today. Tomorrow we'll be back. We'll break down waivers. It'll be the final waiver wire show of the year. Get excited there. The fantasy football finals coming at us here. So that'll be tomorrow. Uh, We'll run through who to pick up. Uh, some strategy to block your opponent, getting your opponent's head. You know how I do. Uh, keep reviewing the show on Apple. It's really easy to do if you have an iPhone. Open up your iPhone. Apple Podcast app. Go to my podcast, The Rant, with Jeff Ratcliffe. Scroll to the bottom, click the stars, and you're done. If not, you can do so on the web. It's huge if you review the show. really helps me out a lot. Go check out ftnfantasy.com as well. That's a huge help. And follow along on social media. I'm at Jeff Ratcliffe on Twitter. And I'm at Jeff Ratcliffe on Instagram. I will catch you tomorrow on the flip side. Waiver wire, baby. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out of here. <laughs>